Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to today's session of Markets Monday as we talk about what happened across various financial markets over the past week. Um, today, we're going to be looking at just how various markets really performed, how we had um, whatever we've seen that has really been happening, starting off with China. And we're also going to be looking at just what level of impact could that have on the local financial markets. I know that is one thing that we had started talking about a week earlier. Another thing as well that probably um, we're also going to be touching on for today's session would just be the impact, the full impact of just um, the current financial um, crisis across China on various global markets. What's likely, uh, what impact is it likely to have um, on the local space? I know that's one thing that all of us generally as investors across the market, that is something that I know we're all trying to look at. Another thing that I know um, you're probably wondering is why there was um, a decline most mostly on the, the share indices for the Nairobi Securities Exchange um, over the last week. What was really happening? Because we were seeing um, markets remained slightly jittery for the past week, um, but we saw something else that happened on the Nairobi Securities Exchange where we are seeing um, a lot of investors from the NSC um, probably not being really optimistic on the stock. I don't know if that is something that we can probably say about it, but that is something that we're also going to look at as we go through um, today's session. My name is Felix Ocheng and this is Markets Funding. Now, starting off with what I know most of us have really, really been wondering, how is this likely to, to you know, um, impact the various um, financial markets for us here? Um, globally it's the story about china's evergrande that's the company in china that is now um, having a lot of issues with investors and what is it that the various chinese um, cities um, are doing to ensure that this doesn't end up being the case i know we've had a lot of um, investors really mostly on the local space guys are wondering is my investment in the real estate um, sector really safe what is it? What is likely to happen if I invested in the real estate market, and how is this likely to affect me directly um, from an investor standpoint? I know that's a concern that you've all probably had. I have too, so you don't have to worry. You are not alone onto that bit. Uh, there's been a lot um, in recent times. A lot of stuff have been happening across uh, the financial market. So Evergrande last week on Thursday defaulted on the payments for. Uh, the payments that were due last week, the company actually defaulted onto that for offshore investors. So onshore investors were actually settled and then they also got into um, an agreement where they managed to pay, um, they managed to settle the onshore investors. So how investments really work is usually that for you as an investor, if you're investing on the local market, then you're looked as an onshore investor. So if you're investing on another market which is not in your country, then you are seen as as, as an on an offshore investor. So, in short, China actually Evergrande settled the Chinese um, investors who the company had owed money, but they didn't manage to settle the the offshore investors. So that's how that's about the company did not manage to pay about. Um, about $83 billion uh, for interest payments that were due. And Evergrande still has about um, $100 billion that are due 
before the end of the year. So the over the next three months, it will be interest payment, interest, interest payments, over and over, and that could really be a challenge. So I don't, I don't know your thoughts. Maybe this is one thing you can also just share with me, and let me know what you think. What's likely to happen on Evergrande? What's, what's generally, what's your take on it? It would be interesting just to, you know, get to hear about your thoughts about this as well. And that's a discussion we can probably take um, to the HISA app. For the local markets, um, I know a lot of investors were asking last week on the app that for me as a local investor who's invested on the, um, on, 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 on the local stocks, how do I go about this? I know we've had those concerns, but this is not really the time to be worried as an investor. I really think that um, various countries have various policies and these policies as well have a little bit of an impact. Um, and one thing that, you know, at times, and I know probably you've had investors talk about this is that unlike most countries, unlike countries like Kenya, where land is individually owned, in, in, in places like China, you'd find that the land is is owned by um, the land is owned by the government. So companies actually buy rights so that they can be able to access um, these markets so that they can be able to have this data. So, you know, that's one thing I know for you as an investor, you probably just want to <coughs> get over. So. The companies that we're seeing here, um, for Evergrande, for instance, we know that a lot of guys are, are, are constantly asking, what is it that we need to do to ensure that our investors um, globally, the ones that we invested in, in these markets remain stable? So that's one thing I know we, we, are, we are all looking at it. Um, and, and we'll just be seeing, because over the past few weeks, um, Chinese cities have started taking um, action so that Evergrande can actually be able to, so that they can ensure that onshore investors, so those are Chinese investors, can be able to um, can be able to recoup their investments or can be able to have a safer investment um, strategy for the guys who've invested in the real estate sector. And and I know that's a concern. That's probably a worry that we all have. Uh, so what Chinese cities are doing is that they're actually pushing for um, Evergrande and. And, and any property for Evergrande to actually be moved to the national government so that the national government can actually be able to handle it. <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I know about two weeks ago, we saw um, China actually say that they, they had up to 90 million, um, 90, 90 million free apartments that were, they actually pulled them down. About 6 million high-rise buildings that had, had about 90 million apartments were actually pulled down a few weeks ago and I know that's one thing that you as an investor are probably wondering is it do we is it in a point where we, we already have a higher level of um a higher level of real estate penetration or what are we likely um seeing in most of these developed markets? So over the past few years China has really had a lot in terms of you know um China has really had a lot in terms of um in terms of rural to urban migration. And that, to some extent, has affected what we're seeing here. Uh, but looks like that has also been um, that has also stopped, or that has lowered down. And this is one thing that that is that could be a reason why the growth that we've been, that we've probably been seeing over time has also um, had a little bit of a decline. So that's one thing that uh, I know you're probably just wondering about. And we'll be able to keep you guys on that story. We'll be able to let you guys know to what level, if, if in case there's any impact, then to what level will that have um, on the global economy? But also one thing, we've also seen a lot of investors really 
um, a lot of um, countries globally really try and and have control over um, if it, if it ever falls into a contagion, then we are all looking at global markets really becoming prepared uh, and and hoping that this doesn't spill over to their markets. Um, and another thing that was also making news last week uh, was the fact that um, the Federal Reserve had a meeting last week. We are waiting for um, a Fed statement uh, with the Congress this week. But as for last week, we saw um, Fed Chair um, Jerome Powell actually say that the company, uh, that the United States um, Federal Reserve would start um, tapering, which I know we've all been waiting for for a very long time. Investors are only waiting for the point when it starts. It's not like investors thinking that this is good news, um, because that would mean that there would be a there, there, there would be a lot of a little bit of a decline in um, in the Fed support for the economy. In case you're wondering where this really began, so what really happened earlier, and we've seen this from um, from mid from about March 2020, when that was after we had the the impact of the COVID-19 on various economies. Um, we saw the Federal Reserve come in to protect markets from facing another financial crisis like what we've seen um, in previous times. <clears throat> and so what the Fed was doing is that they were helping in, 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 in buying some of the assets, mostly in terms of bonds um, from various market holders. Guys who needed to be liquid, they could get an easier way of exiting the market. And so at this point, now the change is, the Fed is telling guys we've been we've been buying a lot and now we're starting to reduce that bit. And I know this is something we also talked about um, last week on just uh, giving guys an, an an expansive meeting meaning of what um, tapering means. And in case you missed that podcast, you can definitely get it um, on the Hisa app. So for you as an investor, for now on the local space, I think really and also for guys who are investing on 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 the U.S. stock markets. I think this is something we all prepared for. We've not seen that happen in Kenya, but we've seen lots of other markets globally really come back in and the, the, the leaders in, in global markets are telling um, various investors that, hey, we're stopping this. Uh, we saw earlier on um, ECB president, that's Christine Lagarde, actually saying that, hey, you know what? The ECB is also going to stop the, uh, the bond purchase program, but they're not calling it tapering. <laughs> So that's one thing that she said. Um, and we, we we seeing also a lot of favors that I'd, I'd call them favors because they were incentives that were put by um, global markets so that this could actually um, have a decline. So we also saw last week, we saw um, Norway became the first um, European bank to actually increase the rates by 0.25 basis points. And we'll be looking onto that, just hoping we'll be seeing onto the larger um, picture on what ECB is likely to uh, to to probably propose. Uh, another thing that guys would also be waiting for would be um, Germany, because Germany as well had its elections, and we're waiting for those results. Uh, likely to see because one of the things that we have always mentioned over time is that the politics, most of the time people might think that politics don't really relate to markets, but they do. Because an example is if you're looking at Germany, if you're looking at Japan, for example, um, Japan is currently on the process of selecting um, the leader of the majority party. Once that, part, once that person has been um, selected, 
or elected, then that person officially becomes the PM. Uh, and the PM, the, that's the prime minister for um, Japan, is likely to bring in a raft of changes, mostly in the economic sector, so as to, you know, ease. And that is what guys are hoping, so that um, that would ease in, uh, the financial impact that we've seen COVID have um, in in Japan. And, and that's one thing I know for investors, you're probably wondering, so how is this related to me here? Now, it's not only from that point. Remember, there are a lot of other policies like export, imports, and those are things that every country would always want to do business with another country. And you're always looking on to a leader who's likely to, you know, um, have better relations with the international community. And that's the one, that's one thing as well that I know we're also looking on to um, in, in, in Germany. Uh, that, that's for Europe. And that's something that for us will still be able to keep you guys posted um, in case there's something that you probably want to share to us. I don't know about you guys, but what do you think? Who do you think is going to lead um, Germany from the election that were held over the weekend? So you might want to just share that with us. I would, I would also really love to know. I, I don't want to call shots um, and, and probably miss it. Yeah, it, it, would be, it would be a huge, huge challenge for, um, for me personally. Uh, but last week, if you're looking on to how um, various global markets performed, the first thing that I know um, a lot of investors are probably wondering is how the S&P 500 performed. Remember early last week, the S&P um, was down on Monday and on Tuesday until Wednesday after the, the Fed meeting uh, because there were some positive concerns. Um, because despite the Fed starting tapering, they actually said they would still love to really support markets so that we don't have a total clampdown on various financial markets across um, across board. And this starts from if you're investing in commodities, if you're investing in stocks, um, if you're investing in bonds. So that is one thing that I know um, the, the Fed um, is all positive about and all banks are probably trying to look at it. I don't know what the Central Bank of Kenya has done, to be honest, about um, apart from, you know, uh, pumping more, uh, more dollar into the economy so that to to stabilize the shilling. I don't know what they've done for investors. Um, probably they should tell us if there was a bond purchase program, um, mostly for the long-term um, fixed rate bonds. I don't know if they had money for that. Pretty sure they didn't, so that could be a story for another day, at least for me. Uh, last week we saw, despite the, the murky week that um, mud markets over the past, um, on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Markets actually closed on a positive edge um, for the global front. Uh, the Dow Jones was up 0.6% and was at 34.798 basis points. Um, the S&P 500 was up as well 0.05 um, to close at 4,455 basis points. The S&P 500 is currently up 18.6%. Uh, the Dow Jones is up 13.7% in terms of year-to-date performance. And the Nasdaq um, was up, was flat really, 0.001. So that's fairly no change to end the week at 15.048 basis points. So we're still seeing a lot in terms of um, positivity. There's a lot of positive energy for various markets. And I know that's one thing for you as an investor, you'd probably be looking on to. And that's for me as well. I'll also be looking on to just uh, how, how is this likely to affect um, various markets. Um, over the week, if you're looking on to other global markets as well, um, the European stocks, uh, that's the stock 600, 
was up 0.31%. Uh, the Sestradax in Germany was up 0.27%. Uh, the CAC40 index in France was up as well, uh, 1.04%. Uh, Italy's um, FTSE-MIB index was also up as well, 1.01%. That was generally just a performance in Europe. Um, in Asia, that's where the problem really was um, on markets because uh, if you look at Hong Kong, which is usually looked as seen as um, the one of the largest business districts in in China, uh, Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index in in Hong Kong was down three um, percent, and I think that is generally just what we said about the impact or the effect of of, of China um, Evergrande. So early in the week, um, Evergrande was down, and Evergrande's performance year to date has been so down about 83% on year-to-date performance. So can you imagine if you had Evergrande in your portfolio over the past one year? That's a beating. I don't know if there's any NSC-listed company that has probably um, taken such a hit um, for the markets. Uh, I think for if, if, if you're looking at it now in Japan, where there's, there's a bit... Because also Japan, the Bank of Japan was also having um, a short-term interest rate policy meeting. And so they made no change to it. They've left it. It's still at the same rates where it was. And the Nikkei 225 for the index was also fairly flat, ending the week at 30,248 basis points. It's really interesting how most markets globally are really having having a higher rate um, of listings and also the higher rates in terms of basis points. And this is one thing that I know we'll probably be looking at. And funnily enough, uh, to give you guys the last market, which wasn't supposed to be in this list, but I'm seeing it's very interesting, is Russia. Russia stocks, uh, that's the, the RTS index, was up about 0.1%. And, 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 and really, uh, that was because over, over, over the other week, so that was on week 37. Week 37, um, the weekend of week 37, Russia was also having its election. And looks like Putin is still going to be in power for a very long time. I think Putin, can we say that Putin is more of an African president? It, he, it's either he has a simple way in which, um, yeah, he heads Russia, but Russia should be part of Africa um, in some level because of the long period that um, he's probably been in power. But, you know, uh, that's not something for me to say. That's technically for you as well. Um, to probably think about and just ponder about it over markets. Um, in terms of financials, last week, and I know we mentioned this when we were talking about the Hisa newsletter that came on Monday last week, um, was that one of the things that we were looking at was Nike's um, financial results. Uh, because one of the things that we we know and has been over time is that Nike's um, manufacturing plant in Vietnam was closed down because of um, a few what the Vietnamese government termed as violation of constitutional rights and also a few violations for various companies. And they closed Nike, they closed um, for um, Adidas and also a lot of other companies as well. So um, most of the production lines for some of these companies, like Nike has the largest production house, um, the, the largest production plant for Nike outside the United States is actually in Vietnam. And now here you're seeing that the largest um, production house, which literally, it's like an example, if you look at iPhone or Tesla, which has um, their, their cars, their, their iPhones or their gadgets and their 
their cars respectively be manufactured in China. If China were to close down any of this, how would that really affect the supply, even if it's just for a week? And um, so during the week when um, when Nike was releasing their financials on Thursday, uh, they actually informed investors that they have lost weeks of production and this could actually be larger. Um, this period could grow larger. And they were telling investors that um, some of the deliveries might actually delay and we might see some stores actually run out um, of, of, of Nike products until they get that into, they said some stores, so not all stores definitely. Um, they they also have, they're also working on, on a rationale to see which stores usually have the highest number of products really um, go out. That is in terms of purchases. And then they would give more attention to, 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 to those um, stores rather than looking onto all stores. Um, stores that usually don't have the highest number of sales, they could actually reduce that and just see how that will work until they have the production um, issue in Vietnam fully sorted out and, and back to um, full capacity. And I know that's one thing that I know for you as an investor. For me, as an investor as well, um, I'll be looking onto that um, as an investor, last week Nike was the largest drug on the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones because Nike was down about 6% um, on Friday. That's after the company released um, their results. That was despite the earnings because the earnings, despite the closure of the Vietnam um, plant, uh, the manufacturing plant in Vietnam, the Nike's results were still positive because the net income for the company was up to $1.8 billion dollars. Uh, that's compared to $1.5 billion that the company had posted over a similar period last year. Um, and also we saw the earnings per share was also up um, 1.52, uh, that was 95 cents per share. Okay, and the earnings per share actually was down and and that's one thing that I know we'll all be looking on to. How will this likely perform? So today what we'll be really looking at for the HISA app is just how Nike would perform at market open today um, because we're just seeing, we're just probably wondering what's likely to happen. Nike's performance in terms of year-to-date is still up. Nike is up about 10% um, in terms of year-to-date performance. Another company which gave out the results was um, FedEx, FedEx Corporation. Uh, FedEx also informed um, investors and shareholders that they were having a little bit of a decline in terms of manpower. And this technically means that FedEx has jobs, but guys are not taking it. I don't know why guys are not taking it. Uh, the company's net net income fell to 1.19 billion from 1.28 billion. Uh, the earnings per share was also down to um, 4.37 dollars per share. That's from the 4.87 dollars per share that the company had posted over a similar period earlier, um, and so that's. I don't know. Personally, I, I have no intel on FedEx. Um, always looking more onto the footwear. That's Nike. But if you have any intel on FedEx, you might want to just get get to us through the Hisa app and share share your thoughts on technically what you think about this. Um, Costco was also releasing the financials on Thursday, uh, and the revenue for Costco was up seventeen point five percent to sixty two point seven billion dollars. These companies are making huge revenues. Uh, some of these revenues should actually be shared to, to our local space because if companies in the NSC would make such revenues, this would be huge for us as 
as investors on the market, that would mean way, way something for the dividend payment. Uh, the EPS for Costco was up to up at um, $3.76 per share. That's from $3.13 per share the company had posted earlier on. And I know that's one thing we'll all be looking into. And we'll just hope that things turn out positive, at least for these, for, for most of these companies that are trading across um, various financial sectors. And I think that's it for what happened um, outside the local space. Um, and I know there's one thing that everybody's waiting for, and that's and, and we're going to talk about that just before we end um, today's session. On the NSC back at home, uh, it wasn't really positive news as 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 we'd probably expect because most of the large cap counters actually posted a little bit of a decline um, in terms of week on week performance. We saw um, some of the companies that have have predominantly held. The gainer side, um, an example is Equity Bank, um, was down last week. And that's one thing that I know we're also looking into. Safaricom was also down. And, <clears throat> you know, when you're talking about, um, when, when we talk about the NSC and we look at the overall performance of the market, the top companies, a company like Safaricom, for our indices, the NSC All Share Index and the NSC 25 Share Index are actually... Um, market cap weighted. So whenever the market capitalization of the largest stocks go down, there's a higher possibility that we would also have a decline on to other um, on the overall performance of the market generally. Um, the NSC 25, the NSC 20 share index, however, is price sensitive, and yes, that would also have a little bit of a decline if the components of the 25 of the 20 share index was to uh, was to probably have a decline. And so last week, um, we saw, first of all, we saw the all share index down about 2.7% to close the week at 177 basis points. Uh, that's what, that was from last week's figure of um, 182.75 basis points. And so another thing was the NSC 20 share index was down 1.05%. Um, yeah, and ended the week at uh, 2,039.75 basis points. Uh, the NSC 25 share index was down as well, 2.41% to end the week at 3,918.47 basis points. And so the previous two weeks have really been interesting because a week earlier we saw um, the, all, the NSC 25 share index go past um, 4,000 basis points, which was an interesting thing for the market. It's been very long since we last saw those figures. For those of you who've been following the market indices, another thing as well was that we also had um, the 20 share index has been up and has has tried to sustain a lot um, in terms of the performance by trading above 2,000 basis points. And for the 20 share index, that is sort of, I'd say a lot of analysts say that is a psychological benchmark because Whenever we see the 20 share index above 2,000 basis points, we know that the markets are probably holding up um, or, or is probably picking up on a bullish run. And this is down, but not out yet because the NSC 20 was only down to um, 2039. That's 2039.75. So we're, hope, we're hopeful that this week um, would probably be positive for the, the NSC 20 share index. And that's one thing I know We'll also be able to keep you guys posted on to it. The turnover for the market was up 28%, which is 
with 3.22 billion worth of shares being transacted from the 2.51 billion that was transacted a week earlier. In terms of volume, we had 72.42 million shares trading on the market. That is um, a 5% decline from the 76.28 million shares that were actually traded um, a week earlier. One of the things that we always talk about is just how many companies really held the top performance in terms of the market. And we know we've talked about that as a risk for the local space about various select companies really holding majority of activity on the market. So here's, here's it. Um, the top five companies on the NSE actually had 92.86 on the market. So here we're seeing um, Safaricom having 38.7%. So yeah, Safaricom posted a decline in terms of the overall market activity, but we're seeing other companies emerging and taking the top spot and also increasing that activity um, for investors on the market. We're seeing um, Safaricom, East African Breweries Limited, KCB Group, um, and Equity, KCB Group, Equity, and Stanbic um, actually have about 92.86% of last week's market activity. <sighs> and we're seeing EABL coming in second. So EABL was second, um, KCB was third, Equity and Stanbic were fourth and fifth in, um, in that order. We're still seeing Safaricom really um, sustaining a lot of activity despite having um, the decline that we spoke about last week. Um, Safaricom had um, had about shares worth about 1.2 billion transacted on the market. Um, Safcom declined 3.24% to close the week at 41 shillings, uh, 0.80. And that's 41 shillings and 80 cents um, per share. That was from a week earlier when the company was trading at 43 shillings and 20 cents. <clears throat> East African Breweries, which was second in terms of activity, uh, was down 1.4% to 173 shillings and 50 cents with 3.8 million shares traded onto the market. And, oh. and, and that's one thing I know for investors, you're probably wanting to know why that decline was. We, we are still waiting in case there's any news, then we'll definitely let you guys know um, for um, EABL. Equity Group was down 5.16%. KCB was down as well, 2.99%. I don't know what's happening onto the market, but it could probably be a correction. Um, and it could just be a correction because, you know, one of the things that we always talk about is whenever stock rises rapidly, then there's a high possibility that after probably X number or, or an X period, even if it's a six month, one year, then there could probably be um, a correction onto the market. So stocks have been rising for a very long time, but this doesn't mean that the stock is now not going to move anymore that could just be um, a brief correction and also with regards to investors becoming jittery on what was happening across um, global markets with the Evergrande crisis being in place and that is one thing investors would actually be looking into. Uh, to give you guys just how markets are performing, Equity Group right now checking on the HISA app is Equity is already up 1.98%. Um, CIC is leading the gainers on the market today. NCBA is back on that, on that list with 3.14% in terms of share price gaining. And then um, Home Africa, yeah, finally, we're seeing Home Africa is back up to 0.4. Um, that's up from 0.39 where the stock was at a week earlier. Um, BOC uh, is up 2.48%, 
centum is up to 0.35% and then equity is coming in down. So yeah, equity is number six on today's movers. And we'll just be able to see what's likely to happen um, onto that bit. On the loser side, checking on to the HISA app again is Nairobi Business Ventures seems not to be having a good day today. Um, it's still about one hour into trading, so it would still be pretty early to say that the stock is on the fall. But what we have, um, yeah, what they say is preliminary results coming in right now is we're seeing um, Nairobi Business Ventures down about 6.4%. Um, housing Finance, that's HF Group PLC, is down as well 1.96%. And East African Cables is also down 0.6%. Kenya Power having low volumes, but is down 0.58% for, for KPLC. Yeah, and I, I guess that's it for the equities space for the local market. The bonds market um, on the NSC, the activity was down 1.2%. No, sorry, it wasn't down, it was up. So it wasn't a decrease, it was an increase by about 1.2%. Um, for the week for that that was the week uh from 40 percent 40 billion that the stock was up that for bonds jesus stocks bonds stocks bonds yeah really not tomato tomato but yeah stocks and bonds so that was in the fixed income space there's been a lot of activity by nsc investors looking onto opportunities that are available um on 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 the on the local market and i know that's one thing for us as well we'll be looking onto it as well the fixed income space is very interesting. I don't know about you, but that's something that could actually change a lot. If we could increase the liquidity that we have um, on the fixed income space, then I think we have a lot of stuff that we can actually nurture and we can actually gain from by having retail investors get access to easy methods or easy opportunities in liquidating um, the bond um yeah, if you have a bond and it's probably you've held it for two years and you want to liquidate it, I mean, and you have because we know most investment banks would help you, but it would take a long, a long time. And it would also just uh, most most of them like higher value because of the lower um, charges in transacting in bonds, and also getting somebody who's probably willing to buy that um, one, the one million worth of bond, a hundred thousand, that would actually be a challenge. Uh now. The part that I know we've been waiting for, just getting to the last bit and then we touch on to it. Uh, we're seeing here, in terms of last week's performance on African markets, Ghana actually had a decline. Over the past weeks, we've been talking about Ghana. The past three weeks, Ghana has led um, gains in, in African markets. And last week, Ghana was down 4.31%. So the benchmark index in Ghana was down 4.31%. And then guess who came second? Egypt. Egypt was down as well, 3.23%. And looks like Egypt is um, has officially eroded the year-to-date returns because now Egypt is down uh, in terms of year-to-date performance. Egypt is down 1.9%. Um, Ghana is still on the positive. Ghana still leads African markets in terms of year-to-date performance at 37.12% um, since the year began. Another market that hit in third after Ghana and Egypt, 
Kenya. So yes, the Nairobi Securities Exchange All Share Index was down 2.7% last week. The NSE still um, is, however, still on the positive edge, um, about 16.9%. It would really take a lot of beating before the NSE comes back to zero. And we really hope it doesn't get to that. Uh, if you're looking at it in terms of ranking, uh, Ghana still holds the, the top spot. Zambia um, is still in, in terms of specific markets. Zambia is still um, in about 25%. And then the NSC is there at 16.9%. Yeah, we finally passed Uganda. Last week, Uganda was ahead of us. Um, and it looks like we finally passed Uganda. Uganda is still, however, very close at 16.74% in terms of year-to-date performance. And that's one thing I know we'll also be keeping you guys posted in case there's any challenge or any change regarding various performance on on these African markets. Just in case you have something, you might also just want to share to us what markets are you looking at investing across um, across the African space. And that's something that you can let us know um, on the HISA app. Now, finally, um, really, really off the market, something that we'd probably want to have a discussion on this Wednesday during the bulls and bear session is the overall performance that Bitcoin had um, last week. Remember, on Friday, China actually said that they any transaction that is being done um, that is being done related any any cryptocurrency related transaction is illegal. And I don't know about you, but China has has banned Bitcoin for the longest time. Crypto. Let me not call it Bitcoin because Bitcoin is like just another cryptocurrency. And so we saw on the day when um, when 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 the People's Bank of China gave that announcement, we saw a decline in terms of the overall market activity for cryptocurrencies. And I know for you as an investor, you're probably wondering how is this related to me. If you're investing in crypto and if you're probably um, somebody who's interested in, in, in the blockchain space, I know a lot of us guys have been wondering just how can I be able to trade onto this? How can I buy into this? I know that's a discussion we had um, about an, an intensive um, view for the crypto space. But that's one thing I know for investors would probably be looking at. So on the day when China actually um, gave that, we saw um, Bitcoin was down about 5% and um, Ethereum was also down about 7%. Just when we thought this was going to get better for investors. The main challenge about crypto and and for you as an investor, one of the things that you, you really need to know is that, and we mentioned this in today's um, newsletter for HISA, we said that the adoption of cryptocurrencies is actually the most important aspect of trading in crypto. Because just how much it's being adopted becomes just how easy you can be able to transact in them. And that's for all these decentralized finance projects that we're probably having. And so the more that we have been faced with these challenges, the more that we have a lot of investors, you know, or a lot of countries rejecting the challenges that we're seeing with most of these countries that are trying to adopt um, Bitcoin, then we might have a challenge with just the adoption of other currents, other cryptocurrencies as well. Um, how many countries will now start probably accepting um, Ethereum or Dogecoin or Bitcoin? And that's one thing that you probably want to, you know, 
have an in-depth thought about. And so this week on Wednesday, we'll be sitting down and talking about um, Bitcoin, the impact, and just how many countries are likely to adopt it, and how is the adoption process for Bitcoin across um, sub-Saharan Africa. So set the dates this week on Wednesday. We sit down at 8.30 p.m. during the Bulls and Bears session, and we discuss this uh, the entire Bitcoin effect um, in the and how likely is China going to sustain this? China, um, we've seen in recent times, China bring down um, mining centers for Bitcoin, and now they've gone full blown once again. It's not the first time China is banning cryptocurrencies. It's close to the twentieth time that the People's Bank of China is releasing a statement and telling investors that you know we no longer accept crypto, and that's a challenge. I don't know about you, but that's it for me. Thank you all for joining during today's session of um, Markets Monday. Remember, this podcast will be available for those of you who joined in late. The live recording will be available on the Hisa app, and there's a lot more on the app, including a discussion on markets, which we're going to just um, start up just right after this. We're definitely going to start up a discussion about markets. So, if you're yet to get the Hisa app, go to your Play Store, go to your Google, um, go to your App Store on iOS, and just get the Hisa app, and let's start. A lot of cool things are coming up, including trading of US stocks. That is something you might not want to. You definitely don't want to miss out. Not you might, but you definitely don't want to miss out. So thank you guys, and see you guys again next next week on Monday, same time.